So welcome back to another Impact Sessions podcast with me, Nick Bramley. Today, I've got a great guest. I've got a lady called Ruth Geddes, who's the CEO and co-founder of an organization called Prospect Change. She's also a PMO associate with something called the Hive Mind Network. Now, we've called this episode, What the Hell is PMO? And why might I need to adopt it? And here to share some insights and uh, demystify the whole process of PMO, without further ado, is Ruth Geddes. Ruth, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Nick. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. No problem. We just had a, um, a sort of accidental conversation a few weeks ago, and I thought, oh, you'll be a really fascinating guest for the uh, for the podcast. And uh, no pressure. I hope you will be. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, so we're definitely going to cover PMO. I'm not going to tell people what that is, really, but uh, we're going to cover that in a bit more detail. But um, I always start by saying, you know, tell us a little bit about you and tell us a bit about prospect change and and what you and the business are all about, really. Thank you. So, yes, I have, uh, to start with, I'm married and have two beautiful little girls. And I have been working in change since 2011. I worked in a permanent capacity for a few years and then decided to go contracting and freelancing. Did that for a number of years. And then we decided to launch Prospect Change. Okay. It's quite a, a common route, that, isn't it? You know, with the... The, the permanent role, the contracting, the flexibility. I guess then mm. sort of maternity kicked in as well with the little ones and it's all about that flexibility around that as well, was it? Absolutely, yeah. So I, I had both my daughters while contracting. So it took a, took a year off in between for both of both of those. And it, it, it's flexible on many ways. I mean, you could, in many ways, you're running your own business when you're freelancing. Mm. Uh, you choose your clients. Um, you choose who you want to work with as much as appreciating who chooses to work with you, of course. Mm. And you have the flexibility of taking as much time off to be with your children. So it worked absolutely perfect. It was a brilliant balance for me. Excellent. Okay. You don't always get the uh, the financial benefits of maternity cover and maternity. No. Health, <laughs> I, t- I, t- I take it there's, there's pros and cons in every argument. Um I'm going to explore a little bit about your background. You come from a very strong project management background, a lot of governance, um, the lots of sort of rigor and robustness in terms of what you do with your clients and for yourselves and what sort of prospect change is all about. And yet, despite all of that robustness and despite all of that rigor, you decided in a, a pre-pandemic to uh, <laughs> put together a business and then we'll just leave it for a while and we'll launch it in the pandemic. I've got to ask the question, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> very good question so I uh we decided actually myself and my co-founder to build prospect change and we were way before COVID so way before the pandemic and we were right on the verge of launching when it hits when the virus hits and obviously our risks went skyrocketing and we decided now is not the time we put the brakes on we're pausing this let's just see what happens and that was definitely the right decision we took we took some time to think about it and then we we regrouped the back end of 2020 and decided what does it look like now the passion never left us the idea and the dream that we had for creating prospect change existed throughout that time and continued to do so but it had to look different we had to adapt and change to the to the new way of working new world and so over that period of time we started to reshape prospect change rebuild it uh, taking into consideration new risks that we had etc and then we launched uh, as you'll know in January 22. 
Okay. I mean, over that time, we've gone from, we had no idea what we didn't know, did we, in the March, April, May, June time, to yeah. a, little bit, a little bit more stability in sort of 2020, but again, up and down and different mm. variants and things. And it just feels different in 2022, doesn't it, Rainy? A little bit. Very different. Sort of re- uh, um, kind of balanced and, you know, we're living with it better, aren't we? And that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so you've had to adapt and adopt and think about kind of the business doesn't look like we were planning it before the pandemic. Just tell us a little bit about what is Prospect Change in terms of what's your core business? What do you do? Prospect, so we're a consultancy business. And um, I know consultancy brings many connotations when, when you hear that word, lots spring to mind. But our goal and our aim is to partner with organisations to make change happen. Great change in the best possible way. Change has to happen. It's inevitable. It's reactive and it's proactive. There are two elements to change. And we want to work with organisations to help them deliver that change in a way that's easy, that feels that they have control over what's happening, that they have good oversight. And it brings assurance and reassurance at the same time. So our absolute aim is to create that partnership and help organisations. Well, certainly the last two years, you can't avoid change, can you? No. Thrust upon us. Yeah. And you know, those who haven't adapted have, have, are no longer here, unfortunately. Those who have, some have done really well out of it. In terms of, uh, the the, the, the favourite word of 2020, I believe, was pivot. <laughs> those who pivot, pivoted, yes. Those who, we haven't had <laughs> pivot for a while, have we? But those who pivoted uh, seem to have done it. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's one mm. of those changes inevitable. So um, how much confidence have you got? that the time is is right for a consultancy to be around to help businesses then you obviously you you've you've had a few false starts with it and you had to rethink it mm-hmm. and now you've gone all out and launched it you know not not so many months ago how confident are you that the timing's right now i believe that it's a real good op- a really good opportunity actually for prospect change Things are starting to settle down. We've just had two years of reactive change Mm. and organisations have dealt with it so admirably in terms of what what they've had to adapt to. And as you said, pivot constantly. At some point, there was every day, there was something different. There was something changing. There was something coming through. Mm. And I feel like the dust is now starting to settle and it's giving everyone a bit of breathing space. We now can see, you know, before you couldn't see the wood for the trees and it, and it was just constantly head down, move forward, keep going forward, keep going forward. And now everything's calmer. It's a little bit quieter. We can start thinking from a learnings point of view. This is this is vital. How how have we all dealt with the last two years from a, from a corporate perspective, an organisational perspective? What key learnings can we take away? What did we do really really well that would be fantastic to replicate in terms of a behavioural perspective? And what could we have done slightly differently that we could take some learning from going forward? And, and, that, then, and that's in a that's in a non pro non reactive way, isn't it? Because yeah. Like, like you say, the hamster wheel seems to have slowed down a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think in the early days of the pandemic, people were just trying to get through to Friday, weren't they? You know, now yeah. it's like, oh, well, let's see what 2022 looks like. Let's start being a bit more strategic. Let's start thinking about a, a bit more of a vision for the year. I'm not sure people are looking at three-year plans that much at the moment, but maybe a year's plan. You know, in the pandemic, they're looking at uh, what's the plan till, till lunchtime, wasn't it? It was that, it was that reactive, it. really. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Uh, how's it started? 
how did we get it started? How's it started in terms of, you know, are you up and running? And are you started in January 22? Have you got clients? Are you Have you got projects? Is it exciting? You know. Oh, I see what you mean. Apologies. Yes. Um, so we have, um, we've got some really interesting work um, with clients going on at the moment. Fantastic work. And incredibly, and this is hot off the press, we are starting to explore academy opportunities with local colleges to create a career path into PMO, into change uh, through prospect change. Wow. So that is, um, yeah, very exciting. Is that an exclusive for the Impact Sessions podcast right there? That is exclusive, yes, hot off the press. <laughs> I'll take that. By the time it goes out, though, it's probably world news by then because it's a couple of weeks down the line, but nonetheless. Okay, you mentioned the three letters, PMO. Okay, mm-hmm. So let's explore PMO. People are probably thinking, this episode's about PMO, you're not mentioning it. So um, tell us a little bit about PMO. What what is it first of all, and and at a strategic level, you know, what does it do, and and how does it work? Absolutely, PMO stands for predominantly. It stands for Portfolio Management Office. And I'm going to talk about change in a wider sense for a moment because then you can see where PMO fits in a little bit easier with that. So if we talk first of all about proactive change, every organisation has a vision. It has a goal and it's where they're going. And in order to achieve that vision, they have um, a strategy as to what they're gonna do differently. So their mission is what they do here and here and now. This is what we do day in, day out. Our vision is where we want to be. And to get to our vision, here's our strategy. Here's our high level plan of how we're gonna achieve that. And in order to, to achieve it, they have to make some changes, often quite a lot of changes because visions can be quite um, big and they should be. And in order to deliver that change, you have to make projects happen. So you break that you break that change down into tangible projects and each project delivers a piece of change. In delivering a piece of change, you achieve against the strategy and slowly you move closer and closer to your vision. So it's a bit like a jigsaw puzzle really, isn't it? In terms mm. of people are working together in something over here, someone's doing something over there, put it together, it all leads down the same path. And and so PMO is is that the vehicle for keeping everybody on track then? Is that the is that the v, is that the car that you're driving the PMO then? It is. And do you know, Nick, that is a brilliant analogy. I've never thought of it like that, but it is like a jigsaw. So without PMO, you can have all these pieces of a jigsaw that together create the vision. Mm. But the PMO helps put that jigsaw together. Well, you could just have the jigsaw in the box, couldn't you, without PMO? Yeah. You could have all the pieces, but they're all a bit random, aren't they? Whereas yeah. PMO's the the bit that says, right, we've got the board, we're sticking it together. That's the co- j- that's the corner pieces, the straight edges, all the things that you do when you're doing a jigsaw. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a great analogy. I like that. Okay, you can have that one. That's fine. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll look forward to seeing lots of jigsaw pictures on your website. Going yeah. forward. Okay, um, which sectors and business types are already aware of and adopting, and how new is PMO? PMO isn't new as so it's been around for as long as project management has really, hmm. because it's the facilitator of change, it's the facilitator of projects. So PMO sets the standards and the governance for delivering change. It unifies the way in which an organization delivers their change and, and delivers their projects hmm. specifically. It allows holistic reporting, portfolio level reporting, hence the P portfolio and PMO. 
It facilitates project and program support, which is why the P can sometimes be interchangeable. You can sometimes hear project management office for PMO or program management office if it's project or program specific. Every organization will benefit from PMO. Mm. And the financial sector, for example, are fantastic at PMO. In my experience, I've seen some really, really good PMOs in the financial industry. And I think one of the reasons for that is that they're so highly regulated that having that traceability is very, very important. So from a kind of an audit perspective, really, they they tend to have very good PMOs. But every organization, every sector, every industry will benefit from it. I mean, are we talking big stuff here, though, uh, Ruth? Are we talking like your big corporates, your FTSE 100s, or, you know, could a smaller organization benefit and adopt a PMO approach? Mm. Absolutely. And that's what we specialize in at Prospect Change. It's not about taking an off-the-shelf PMO approach and applying it to every industry, every sector, every organization. It's about understanding the character and personality and values of an organization and what their change portfolio will look like. You don't want it to be over heavy. You don't want something that you're doing governance for the sake of governance. When it's a very small, a small organization, hmm. sometimes less is more. But then the bigger organizations that have humongous portfolio, um, portfolios of change with dependencies across the portfolio, across all the different projects, numerous resource, often the resource is critical and needed across different pieces of pieces of work within the portfolio. Hmm. So they will need something more structured and something bigger. Something smaller is often is often right for the smaller organisation. So it's about finding something that's fit for purpose and right and, and right sizing it. And I guess that's where you come in in terms of yeah. you know, offering advice about you know what level of governance and what level of, of uh, critical path and all that kind of thing. I do a lot of work Absolutely. in construction and manufacturing and all that kind of. And and you know I'm I'm fully aware of programs on construction sites that overrun or have financial challenges or, you know, resourcing. And, and, and PMO sounds like it would sit and fit really well on, on that multi-level, you know, multi-impact kind of environment, really, I guess. Uh, that, 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 that would be definitely an assumption, would it? Absolutely, and, and a completely right assumption. So construction industries, they will take on numerous projects across a country, sometimes beyond one country. You know, you, you can be global. And having somebody that is managing that portfolio, again, it's still a portfolio of change. It's not change that's being delivered for them. They're delivering change on behalf of clients, um, construction-based change. But having that portfolio oversight and understanding when do our resources rocket and when do they drop off? When have we got our key risks? When are we dependent on one piece of work for another piece of work, et cetera, is really, really important. And that's what PMO delivers. Okay, so it does sound like if you work in a an organisation where you are trying to drive the ambition around your vision and your mission, it does sound mm-hmm. like if you're an organisation that's a, a you know multifaceted, multi-level. You definitely need to be you know understanding PMO, but at a smaller scale, the principles work equally as well. So, hundred percent, I can see where prospect change. You've got a really good fit, you know, in terms of of, of, of targeting conversations with with all sorts of people. Um, yeah. Like anything, um, it's one of those, where does it sit? Who owns it? You know, if you're in a, um, let's say you're in a medium-sized organisation, 250 employees working across, you know, maybe four or five offices, you've got lots of stuff going on. Um, who usually owns PMO then? Because it, it, 
is it someone's job or is it part of someone's job typically that you see? It would be centralised in an ideal world. Mm -hmm. So you would bring together your project managers, you'd bring together your uh, business analysts, you'd bring together your architects, anyone that's responsible for delivering change, you would bring them together centrally. And then PMO would work centrally within that team. It's often referred to as the change team. In an ideal world, the strategy team, the team that's responsible for for delivering against the vision or, or creating that strategy for the vision, they would be part of that team as well. And PMO would sit across those two departments. Sometimes a project can be happening that's very small and therefore it doesn't warrant um, being part of the change team as such. And somebody within the business might might deliver it. Sometimes it's a great development opportunity for someone within the business to to deliver. But again, it's important that the PMO has some element of oversight of that as well. So they can reach out into into the wider business also but ideally you're centralizing your change and your PMO would sit within that central change function or department you need a certain set of skills I guess you need the project Mm. management um, rigor you need to understand governance you need some financial uh, kind of capabilities and that kind of thing so you know it's quite important that if people are going to adopt this kind of approach that they're finding the right people with those skill sets, yeah. whether it's whether it's across a team or whether it's an individual or not, that's a, a different thing. Um, you mentioned the financial services sector, and I totally understand because of governance, compliance, why they would you know be very good at this. Um, where else have you seen PMO being deployed in a you know successful way where people are thinking, yeah, that, that's that's exactly the right sort of approach? I've seen it really well in the utilities uh, sector. The utility sector tend to be full of very um, individuals that are very skilled when it comes to reacting. So, for example, there's a, a burst pipe and you need to immediately react to that. There's a gas leak. You need to immediately react to that. They're very, very good at reacting and very quickly solving problems. And if you can introduce a proactive approach within that sector, which is your um project management and your change function that is able to look ahead beyond what's happening right now in order to plan for change then that that is a really really good balance to bring to those organizations and I've seen that implemented very well um, within particularly the water industry for example it, it brings a lot of value to I've seen it bring a lot of value to the water industry and the utilities sector as a whole. It's about risk management, isn't it? Going forward, in some respects, it's, it all sits yeah. quite nicely. It's quite, it's quite all encompassing, isn't it? And 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 yet, if we took a straw poll of our audience and said, "Tell me if you, what you know about PMO," a lot of people probably wouldn't really know. And and that's why it's important that something like this podcast can be shared and people can go, "Could we do better? Could we do differently? Could we, you know, bring things together?" Because I guess there's loads of organisations going back to the jigsaw analogy. I've got pieces of the jigsaw, but no one's actually gluing them together are they yeah this is it and I remember having no idea what PMO was no idea even what a project was and so when I was new to PMO but it, it, it aligned so well with my competencies and my natural way of working that I was like why have I not been doing this all of my life like all of my working life this is just common sense it's it just makes life so much easier and it is when you talk about it and you mention PMO a lot of people go pardon sorry sorry what's that say again <laughs> Yeah, surprisingly. You've heard of it. Yeah. But then when you start talking about what it is and the benefits that it delivers, either they go, oh, yeah, we've got one of those in our in our department. Oh, yeah, I work like that. Oh, that makes sense. We should have one of those. Mm. It's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? 
Well, you would think so, but it's about yeah. awareness, isn't it, really? I mean, it is awareness, yeah. Yeah. Those, I guess that's what you're, you're doing as well. But the, um, yes. is, there a, is there a correlation between those organisations that are, uh, have got a PMO strategy or a PMO culture and a return investment? You know, are, they, are they ahead of the competition in their sectors? Are they, you know, winning new business that they wouldn't have won necessarily previously because of how they've performed on a you know, a, a past project. Is there a return investment for people to, to try this PMO approach? I would very confidently say yes. So when most proactive change happens um, because you're, achieve, you're trying to achieve your vision, you're, you're going somewhere. And a lot of that has to do with financial. You know, you want to bring more money into the business or you want to save money somewhere, as a, which will in itself bring money into the business because you're not spending as much. So there are financial benefits. If you can really take the time to understand a piece of change that you're delivering and the cost that it will take, because every piece of change costs money. You need resource. You need Sometimes you need IT infrastructure. It's going to cost you something. But as long as, if it's proactive anyway, as long as your benefit at the end of it outweighs your cost, then you're on to a winner. Yeah. But it's no, it doesn't just stop there at the planning element. Then you get into the delivering. So... Prior to that, it's all hypothetical. It's all planning. Then you get into the doing and you have to make sure that that cost benefit analysis stays well balanced and that you don't end up spending more than you're going to get from it. Because if that starts to happen, you need to start questioning, is it worthwhile for us if it's a financial change, for example? So having that tight control and oversight throughout the life of the project is really important because otherwise organisations can very easily spend way more than they anticipated and they don't realise the financial benefit at the end of it. And so it was not worth doing at all. You but then after- You can hemorrhage money, can't you, on, on other projects and, 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 and lose sight of what you were trying to achieve because yeah. of other things. So we've talked about it, it's good for risk management, but it's also good for uh, operational efficiency. It's also good for- um, regulation and control. So in some respect, yes. everyone listening to this who works in an organisation that is trying to achieve a vision or a, 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 an end goal, should we talk to you, shouldn't they, Ruth? Yes, please. Yeah, that would be wonderful. <laughs> I mean, we've all done it, haven't we? We've all set off on projects, for example, a renovation or decorate a bedroom or whatever it might be. And how often do we spend more than we anticipated? How often does our budget go sky high? Or it's, so if that can happen within such a small initiative that you're delivering, how much more can it happen when you're talking multi-million pound project? Like it's... I've just found a marketplace for you. Um, what you need to do is get in touch with the Grand Designs team. And every time <laughs> they get someone on Grand Designs, they need a PMO from you because every episode of Grand Designs I've ever seen, the word budget might just mean fingering in the air. We're going to overspend three times. <laughs> and we're going to be yeah. two years late. We're going to live in a caravan. We didn't exactly nightmare that's exactly what you should be doing completely yeah they need a PMO what a fantastic idea exactly there you go so let's, <laughs> let's let's get you in touch with the with the grand designs team okay um we talked about implementation and making it you know sort of part of of how people manage change how easy would it be for an organization to look at implementing a PMO culture or a PMO strategy or a PMO sort of process if they're considering exploring it, is it is it a big thing like putting a um, you know you talk about things like ERP systems on IT? 
it's never easy. It's massive. Mm-hmm. Is 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 um is it easier with PMO than it is with big IT changes, for example? It really does depend. Depend if I'm honest. So it's it depends how big the PMO is. The most important thing is the appetite to want to change, the appetite to want to move towards that direction. And if the appetite is there, it's going to be much easier to make the change and realise the success of an implementation. But if the appetite isn't there, then, then work needs to be done at the beginning to kind of sell the benefit, really. Explain why it's worth doing. Explain... Um, the benefits that will come off the back of it work through any challenges or concerns that people may have you know people don't and and I talk for myself in this we don't like change being done to us if we're driving it and we've got the appetite for it it's quite different but if an organization doesn't all collectively have that appetite then work needs to be done to begin with with the individuals and it has to be people centric and then we all go on the journey together so if that if that work is done up front then it's a lot easier to implement but yeah, you, that needs to you, be first. You're sort of reducing the dissenters, aren't you, if you do it that way, and, you, and you're getting people yeah. you know, pointing in the right direction and stuff. So is that part of what you do at Prospect Change? Would you do the, the cultural piece up front, you know, so, yeah. so people understand it and, and, and get, get where you're going and, and the, the piece around the mission, vision and values? Is that all part of your Prospect Change offering then, Ruth? Absolutely, yes. So the first thing that we would do is get the lay of the land. So we would come in and very informally um, chat to to the right individuals within the organisation and just get to know get to know the organisation, get to know the individuals that are there, the culture, the personality, the values, really spend some time getting to know everybody. And then we would put forward a set of recommendations that this is the work that we think is needed. And this is how long we think it would take. And this is how we will partner with you. It's very much a partnership. It's not about us coming in, making a change and going. It's about us coming in and enabling the individuals that are there within the organization so that we go, like I said a moment ago, we go on that journey together and they're very much side by side with us so that when we finish that implementation and we're no longer day in, day out in the business, the ownership is sitting within the organization to continue driving that forward. I think you mentioned consultancy earlier. The bit you touched on there is we don't want to come in, make a change and leave. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's what consultants get labelled with and they you know, they create havoc. Somebody once, once likened consultancies to pigeons. So you, they come in, they flap around, you know they're there, but when they've left, what do pigeons leave behind? So, you know, you've got to be careful about that approach. I love the fact that it's a, a partnership. It, you're embedding things collaboratively, collaboratively, and that's the only way you can do that as a as a, a, a consultant. Yeah. yeah, okay. Definitely. Just looking at, uh, obviously, you CEO and co-founder at Prospect Change. That's under your direct influence and control on a regular basis. Um, but you're also... Um, part of the hive mind network pmo network you know pmo associate um mm-hmm. what, what's that about how did how did that come about there because you, you know, you've now got an additional string to your bow what, what's what's the hive mind network about i am very much in favor of collaboration for pmo for, for prospect change to be successful we want to collaborate with other organizations we want to enable other organizations uh, other consultancies and organizations to um, deliver their best and we'd love the same back it's not about competition it's about collaboration for us with like-minded individuals we came across hive mind completely accidentally um, they are a values-driven um, change change network 
And so we became an associate for them very recently, actually. And our aim is to collaborate with other individuals, like-minded, values-driven, like we are, in order to deliver change. So if we need additional resource, we have a fantastic values-driven network um, of skilled individuals that we can dip into and likewise for us. So I represent Prospect Change within the Hive Mind Network as an associate. I just love your, your attitude. It's so refreshing, isn't it, to... Well, it is to collaboration, to, you know, let, let's genuinely work together for the benefit of, of, of everyone rather than too many people see other people's competition. And actually, mm -hmm. your competition is often a good source of, of opportunity for both, isn't it? If you, if you have that 100%. attitude, really. So that's really impressive. So, you know, continue with that and, 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 and you will be, you know, absolutely massively successful going forward into the early days of, of prospect change. But I suggest that we will keep an eye on you and see that you're going to be changing, <laughs> changing the world. And uh, you know, <laughs> Thank by the end you. of 2022, we'll see. Um, <laughs> Thank so, you. So you strike me as someone who loves what you do. You love mm. a challenge as well, by the way, don't you mind launching a business during COVID? I still, I'll, every time I meet someone who's done that, I just think to myself, hats off. Or you're either, you're either sort of unbalanced or really <laughs> or both or somewhere between. So what's, what's next for you, for Ruth Geddes, for Prospect? You know, where do you see Prospect Change being in, you know, 12 months' time, uh, the anniversary, two years down the line? What, what's your ambitions for the business? I'm striking this balance at the moment of trusting the process and allowing Prospect Change to grow at its own rate, um, almost like a person in its own right. You know, we've put so much into the organization, into the business. I feel like it has a life of its own now. Mm -hmm. So there's an element of trusting prospect change to grow with the values that we've instilled um, and the foundation that it, those values that, that create the foundation for it. But also we have great ambition as well. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so I touched earlier around um, creating an academy, which we are super duper excited about. And also we would love to partner with organizations and make some fantastic change happen um, particularly change that will really help the world and make a big difference there are so many issues and challenges that we face right now so so many and to be able to make a, a difference even if it's a drop in the ocean would be just fantastic for us we really we, we want to work with world-changing um projects that, that really do make a difference excellent so there's all sorts of agendas around there sustainability mm -hmm. environmental mm -hmm. you know, people all that kind of stuff um public exactly. and private sector does it matter no it really doesn't no there's so many initiatives happening happening right now so so many initiatives um so we're open to um open to partner with with anybody that's making great change happen really and, and we just want to help with that Okay, I think the, the likes of post Brexit, post pandemic, you know, people are now looking and saying, well, what does what does our future landscape look like or need to look like? You know, we've got this horrific situation in in Ukraine, unfortunately, which is distracting mm. everybody, and and you know, hopefully that will be resolved. I mean, could do some change yeah. government, uh, change of government at Russia would be helpful uh, for mm. for us. But uh, it's you know, there's a lot of stuff going on that people are having to adapt to uh, so i can only see opportunity for you really and i love the the ambition to to do stuff that makes a difference so 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 congratulations on on that set of values for yourself and for prospect change i'm going to ask you, you for one thing for our audience uh, ruth if i can I, I i've said here can you perhaps leave the audience with one thought or piece of advice around the whole sort of pmo change management project management agenda to get them thinking as they finish listening mm -hmm. to the episode 
what would you say to them to get them thinking and going, mm, okay, one bit of advice or one bit of info, what would you say? Yeah. So I would say it's a fact that change happens. It either happens proactively because you're choosing to make change or it happens on a reactive basis. There's a legislative piece of change comes in and you have to, re- you have to react to it. Are you going to get fined, for example? So change is going to, going to have to happen. And our motto is pro- at Prospect Change is that we help you manage your change so that your change doesn't manage you. Oh. So I'd like to leave you with that, our motto. I love that because if you don't have an approach to proactive change, then the reactive change will probably get you on it. The reactive change is the bit that'll bring you down because you have to have a plan, don't you? You have to have a plan. Going to happen. Yeah, change is going to happen. It's inevitable. So let's plan for it as much as possible and plan for not having a plan. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, plan using PMO principles to to make sure that when you're delivering it, you're delivering it you know effectively and properly and efficiently. So, listen, Ruth, that that's been fascinating as a as a, a an episode. For those who are watching this, you'll see on the screen where you can find the Impact Sessions podcast. Um, it's on our Impactus group website, for which there's a link there. But it's also available on all your popular podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, Podbean, CastBox, you name it. You can find it on there. I've also put uh, my contact details, but more importantly, Ruth's contact details are on the screen, but will also be on the show notes on each of those platforms. So if you want to get in touch with Ruth and you want to implement change in your organisation, then this is the contact details that you'll need. And all that remains for me to say, uh, Ruth, is thank you for being a, an absolutely fantastic and, and, dare I say, excited and excitable guest. You've got real energy about you, and I've really enjoyed meeting you, talking to you, and I'm sure our audience will be inspired around how you can potentially help them. Thank you so much, Nick. It's been a joy. Thank you. Okay.